This episode of Sea is the New Land was produced for Port City Futures. In this episode of Frictions, we hear about the contested expansion of the Makassar port in Indonesia. Fishing communities here are particularly alarmed, given that this expansion coincides with industrial sea sand mining, social injustices and corporate irresponsibility. I'm in Kodingareng Island right now. Uh, tomorrow we have uh, to celebrate our struggle. One a year a community struggle in Kodingareng Island because 2090 of June, the community started to protest Roskali's dredging. This is a one-year community struggle to survive, yeah, to protect the fishing ground area so that the community can still live in, in this island. Kodingarang is a tiny island facing Makassar, the provincial capital of South Sulawesi. Makassar was the centre of the Goa Sultanate, which lasted for five centuries and has long been an important trading port. In the 16th century, it was crucial for the takeover of Malacca by Portuguese merchants and later passed under the Dutch East India Company. The port city remained under Dutch colonial rule from the 17th century until 1945. Its importance is not lost on national authorities today who envision Makassar port as a new logistical hub, scheduling a 45 hectare expansion of reclaimed land from the sea. The related dredging and sand mining have affected traditional fishers in Kudingarang district destroying their community's livelihood. Mohamed Alamin, Head of Advocacy at the Indonesian Forum for the Environment in South Sulawesi, or WALHI, says that sand mining has already reduced fish catch by two-thirds. In June, I come to the, I come to the island and speak together with the community and the fishermen. We started to, to, discuss, to discuss with the community to arrange advocacy strategy with, with the community, especially to the for with the women and and the fish and fishermen, they're very very angry because can you imagine in it from from March until June we can get the fish, the 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 income is lost yeah from February until June the community the women didn't have her money for buying uh, uh, basic food, yeah? 90% jobs in the island is fishermen. All of fishermen in the island lost money from the February until uh, October, 80 billion rupiah. The port only for project, yeah? Export-import activity in Makassar is small, it's very small in this port is enough to do uh, export-import activity. I think they didn't have a benefit from, for community, especially for, for fishermen and women in, in small island. The state-owned port operator, Palindo, outsourced the works of land reclamation for the port's new terminal to a subsidiary of the Dutch company Bosculus. Bosculus was previously involved in the land reclamation for the centre point of Indonesia. That project, supported by the Dutch state via export credit agency Atradius, created systematic impoverishment, leading to a strong decline in fish stocks and coastal erosion. This also resulted in a cemetery disappearing into the sea. 
we have uh, uh, experienced environmental uh, damage in 2017 caused by uh, Boscalis activity. So in 2017, we asked uh, Boscalis to stop uh, reclamation and in 2018, we asked Boscalis to take responsibility responsibility regarding the community suffering. Yeah? Because we have a, a note that 6,000 uh, fishermen uh, lost income caused by this project. So after that, Boscalis didn't want to meet with us, didn't want to discuss with us. In 2019, we saw from website that Boscalis will return, come to Makassar for New, Makassar Newport. And that's why we asked Boscalis to communicate and to speak. Uh, unfortunately, Boscalis didn't want to speak with us again in 2019. They ignore our inf in invitation, our prediction. In February, they come to Makassar, uh, started the season mining for building a Makassar new port. When Bosclis returned to Makassar for the port terminal project, fishermen on 48 small boats staged a protest at sea, attempting to block its dredging vessel, the Queen of the Netherlands. 13 fishermen were arrested and others punished in other ways. We spoke with Mohamed Haider, director of the legal foundation, Yilbi. So at that time in 2020, last year, some local fishermen, they are nearly losing their jobs because uh, they cannot catch the fish. So they cannot earn money. So many of them become jobless. So, and then they become angry. And then one day they doing like a demonstrations and they went to the sea with their boats and trying to, to stop uh, the Postcalis uh, ship who uh, brought the, the, the sand uh, in the sea. And then uh, it's end up uh, uh, the, the local fishermen uh, getting uh, criminalized. Uh, the reason is the, the company, they claim that they gave like a compensations cash in cash to one local people uh, he his his name is uh, Manrek he's also a local fisherman so uh, one one representative person gave the cash to Manrek uh, and then uh, Manrek feel really offended because his dignity somehow uh, hurt uh, because he thought that this is inappropriate uh, this is not the way how it's supposed to do so he refused the money by ripping, ripping the, the money uh, in front of the man. <laughs> and because of that, he got criminalized. Uh, the reason is uh, he, he, he broke the rules uh, by ripping the money. That's the symbol of um, insulting the, the state dignity. And um, and uh, he got caught by the by the authorities, and then he didn't get uh, any access to the to the legal aid. So um, this Mandrake case uh, actually it went viral uh, in national media, and there's also um, self-initiative uh, movement. So people trying to raise the fund to help them 
because also some some fishermen uh, their boats also uh, broken because of the authority um, attack fortunately this case uh, so right now is stopped there for now but the terror is still uh, ongoing uh, and uh, LBH the legal aid foundations since 2020 until this year 2029 they are making um, paralegal training so uh, the local people who they only have like a really basic education so they got uh, training about the laws and also they would be capable to advocate uh, themselves. Locals consider the activity of Bosculus opaque. The port expansion project and the residential development have faced irregularities in environmental impact assessments, and both did not engage in any proper community consultation. Walhi, together with Dutch environmental and human rights organization, both ENDS, have filed a court case against Bosculus. Yeah, we filed a court case against Boscalis here in the Netherlands. Uh, because after many, many times that we asked for yeah, basic information on human rights and environmental uh, impact assessments, for example, and, and legal documents that they you know, have to do to, to study the impact, uh, we, Boscalis was uh, reluctant to, to share these files. Uh, and it was also not possible for our partners in, uh, in Indonesia to get the most recent files. Niels Hasekamp specializes in policy advice, export credit insurance infrastructure for his work at both ends. Yeah, that was already in 2016 um, when we learned that the Dutch Export Credit Agency was looking into a project uh, by Boscalis in Makassar. It was the center point of Indonesia project. This project is a very large-scale reclamation uh, and sand mining project. Uh, The Dutch government was thinking about to ensure uh, Boscalis. In that legal action, we yeah, basically asked the same question, can you please provide us with the social and environmental studies that you must do uh, for such a project? Yeah, based on the experience that we had, based on testimonies from uh, many local people, based on uh, research that we had been doing for also the Center Point of Indonesia project before. Uh, and the conclusion, the result of the, of the lawsuit, uh, of the legal action, was that the judge ruled that both ends was inadmissible. So uh, that means that both ends, uh, according to the judge, was not the right party to file the complaint. Yeah, because it uh, because it's a subsidiary uh, of Boscalis uh, doing the actual work uh, in Makassar. Uh, Boscalis, based in the Netherlands, is actually the, the mother company eight layers up. So the judge ruled that, uh, well, yeah, both ends is not the right party and uh, we didn't at all get to the, the point of the, of the legal action itself. Uh, so that was quite frustrating. It, it's clear that Boscalis' strategy in this case was to say, well, uh, we as Boscalis here uh, in the Netherlands are not directly responsible for what our uh, subsidiaries do. It's, it's too far away. Uh, what we see here is that the sand mining resulted in impacts for, for the poorer communities. And the, the fishermen in their protest called Boscalis the new colonialist. And I think that shows that it's, a, it's colonialism in a different way. Uh, yeah, it's about extractivism uh, in a way that, ben- that, that benefits uh, the, the, the rich north uh, because Boscalis is paying its taxes here 
in the Netherlands. Uh, it's uh, employing Dutch uh, people. Uh, the victims are here, the, the, the Indonesian fisher folk. And it's uh, done under the under this sort of uh, supervision of the Indonesian state. It's frustrating to see that uh, land grabbing and sand grabbing, as you can call it, is taking place in a in a context where the Dutch already have so much to apologize for. We're working on mandatory human rights obligations for companies here in the Netherlands, and the Dutch government has responded, well, that's something we want to address at EU level. Uh, so now they're working at EU level on this sort of mandatory yeah, human rights processes. Yeah, that, that needs to be worked out uh, further. Uh, what we notice is, is a very strong opposition from uh, lobby organizations. Yeah, what we see is that they are very reluctant to, to implement man these mandatory uh, human rights uh, implications. The expansion of logistics infrastructure and sand mining is changing coastal environments at breakneck speed. In a system of material maritime interdependencies, the intensification of production for some generates scarcity for others, sparking potential conflicts. This turns social justice into a crucial aspect to be considered when thinking about sea transformations and maritime infrastructure. When we alter the relationships between space and time at sea, other relationships change too. Tita Selina and Erwin Ahmed are an artist duo based in Jakarta. Their recent work focuses on coastlines and oceanic thinking. Recently, uh, I'm observing through algorithms. If I'm looking on Instagram or even like in social media and using the hashtag of archipelagos or islands or sea, uh, that suddenly we bombarded with a lot of beautiful of uh, paradise imagination about how we see the sea or we have imagined the sea but if we're looking more much more deeper through the google satellite or google earth that sea and especially the island is it's not really beautiful as we thought especially in indonesian archipelago that there is a lot lot of massive exploitation through the small islands like the mining uh, and even like we can see clearly how huge massive of ship sucking the sand near the Bangka Island for example so but I think uh, to come out with this uh, problematic question which is we are uh, have the like a uh, collective identity as a maritime country but in the reality, we getting more far away with the nation of the sea. Uh, I mean, uh, sea it's often uh, romanticized as to to a different kind of purpose. In the reality, in almost everyday life, people uh, not only from the rich people to poor people they exploit the sea separately. So, uh, for example, in the case of the north uh, coastal line of Jakarta, uh, the government now getting harder and harder to uh, catch a small fish. So they have to stay awake uh, one night just to get more, more and more fish. But in the reality, uh, it's not really productive 
effort because most of them they got plastic waste than fish so but the the mentality to get more fish it's there and uh, it's very uh, uh, strong in in our mind I mean uh, people in archipelagos really uh, the, the civilization and the process is come from the sea but seems now we have forgot in case of Jakarta for example uh, many people don't know we Jakarta have sea <laughs> uh, and uh, I have to admit there is no public sea in Jakarta we have to pay from such a lot of money just only to see to the beach and and this kind of uh, separation it's not only happened uh, in one period but it's a long period how uh, our mentality uh, change and also uh, deep in our uh, collective mind as, as a nation I think we separately uh, infected not only by COVID by the but I think the most dangerous part is the colonized col colonialized mind I mean colonialism it's always it, it's gone but uh, not really gone <laughs> I'm afraid that we are now colonized uh, our archipelagos uh, <laughs> maybe uh, this, this is a very uh, intriguing point for us uh, to work really with the sea because uh, for, for us sea is a creature it's like a huge massive creatures that we have to respect but if I walk in the coast in Jakarta it looks like our planet is dying so and again if we're talking about the reality to people uh, today society they ignore reality they like a conspiracy theory and they like uh, they already infected by the polarization of, uh, of a politics and since uh, nation is always grow with and always depend the position with propaganda and another propaganda and another propaganda so inside the core of ideology is empty and this impact uh, the mindset of people and when merge the power of capitalism and the empty of pseudo-nationalism it's apocalyptic uh, happen right now in in uh, how we exploit uh, nature mm, that's maybe for um, I, I easily angry if talking about this <laughs> but I don't know from, from Tita perspective maybe a bit different I don't know no, I think yeah we have similar perspective yeah, I also uh, I feel <laughs> very easy emotional. <laughs> Jakarta Bay uh, only. Uh, we have like a small uh, mini archipelagos. We call it a thousand islands complex, but actually it's not thousands. <laughs> it's only a one hundred and ten islands. But uh, sadly, there are already five island uh, submerged and. Uh, the cost, the cost of it is sand mining, of course. So Singapore is, I, I think, is really clear example uh, how they trying to melebarkan ya, to expand the land territory by building the the land reclamation, and the sand is coming from Indonesia. For almost thirty years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but the the uh, ironic things, 
we also witness a newborn island. But this is like a man-made man island. So designed by men, very anthropocentric and legalized by religion. So now it's like a trend in a new reclamation project in Indonesia because so many resistance, uh, the, the capitalist mindset uh, using a religion as a excuse. So first they build island and they built a mosque for example. And in, in Jakarta, uh, since the resistance is very strong, they built a new reclamation and then at the same time they're planning to create a museum for the prophet. So, so this makes kind of uh, capitalism and, and uh, economization of religion. It's, it's uh, yeah, for us as an artist, it's amazing, but as a human, it's terrible.